The Laughter Permitted Podcast is brought to you by Ally. Do it right. Hello! Welcome to Laughter Permitted. We're so glad to spend some time with you. I'm Julie Foudy. This is Lynn Zowie. Hi, Lynn. Hey there, Jules. This is a special episode because we were IRL, as my kids say. In real life, that's right. We recorded this interview at the ESPNW Summit NYC. We had donuts. We had squeaky mm. toys, a live audience. Mm. It was heaven. And... We had an awesome guest, three-time Olympic medalist, freestyle skier Eileen Gu. She won gold in free ski, big air, gold in the half pipe, and silver in the slope style. And she was not only golden, she was historic. With those three medals, Eileen became the first freestyle skier to win three medals at a single Winter Olympics. She is also now the youngest free ski Olympic gold medalist in history. And the only female free skier to have won each major pro-level event. So that's World Cup, X Games, World Championships, and now Olympics. Eileen grew up in San Francisco, California. It is heading to the fine institution of Stanford University in the fall. Whoop, whoop. She is also a model, a pianist, a great student, and as we already know, a really good athlete. Mind you, she is 18 years old. Incredible. So get comfortable listening. It's Eileen Goo. Hey there, Dope Village. Lynn and I have been involved in women's sports our entire lives. And truly, we've never been more excited for what's to come in this women's sports space. And one big reason, Ally. Ally has made a commitment to an equal media investment in women's and men's sports. And that means more money going to women's sports and more visibility for what these incredible athletes are accomplishing. Ally is on a mission to change the game for women's sports. So here at Laughter Permitted, we're going to keep telling the stories of trailblazing women. And every time you listen in, you are part of that change. To learn more about Ally, go to ally.com. Hey there, Dope Village. As y'all know, Ally has backed Laughter Permitted since day one of our podcast as our financial ally. And honestly, Lynn, I might just tattoo Ally on my forehead. And Ally is currently on a mission to change the game for women sports. And get this, along with being sponsors of the National Women's Soccer League, Atlantic Coast Conference, United States Golf Association, and the Las Vegas Aces, Ally has committed to an equal media investment in women's and men's sports. And you, my friends, can be part of the change by watching your favorite athletes crush it on TV, by going to women's sporting events in person, by, I don't know, maybe listening to every single episode of this amazing podcast on trailblazing women. Because every time you show up for women's sports, you are helping move the game forward. You can learn more about Ally by visiting ally.com.
Eileen, we are just thrilled to have you, my friend. Thank you so much for having me. This is such a fun, fun event. And there's donuts and everything. The vibe is high. Like, everything's amazing. The vibe is hot. The vibe is hot. Yeah. The vibe do, is hot. Do you, do you want some of these donuts over closer to you? No. That seems like a little bit selfish, honestly. No, no. It's all you. It's all you. Yeah, I'll dig it after. I am going to start pounding them. All you. I, I have a tendency Your to do that. Your time to shine. Um, before we start anywhere, let's start with the hard-hitting stuff. Okay. You were at the Met Gala on Monday. Let's I was. <laughs> Let's go. Give it all. Okay, come on. Where do we start? How was it? It was super fun. Um, I went with Louis Vuitton. It was an amazing time. Of we had a really great family vibe. We showed up all in this van. It kind of felt like a like a school field trip, actually. I did see. Wait, do we have the party bus pick? Can we throw that up? Oh I my did God! See yes. The party bus. Do you, do you have it? Yeah. I hope so. Yes. It's on your Insta. Exactly. And so we were all, I mean, I was on like a party bus with Emma Stone, Nick, jo or uh, Joe Jonas, sorry. Oh my God. Joe Jonas, like Hoyan. everyone was there. I was like, okay, <laughs> this is the craziest field trip in my life. Um, yeah, field trip to the Met Gala, I guess. Uh, we show up to the carpet. Um, it's like a little posse moment. The food inside was fantastic. Oh, interesting. We had this hamachi starter. We got steak. There was like this chocolate steak. mousse moment. It was we good. I think with that crowd, it would be steak. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I had a great like time. A I was chowing down. Okay. You know? Was there a particular celebrity encounter that would make all of us go, oh, wow? Oh, my God. There were, there were so many like, amazing people from all these different... Um, fields there that I actually like wasn't really expecting. There were other athletes there. There were actresses, models, um, politicians. Like the whole crowd was like insane. Um, but yeah, I think just the overall the vibe was high. What was really crazy about it though is that when you're there, everyone seems so normal, and you're just like walking down the hall. You're like, oh, there's. Bella Hadid just going to the bathroom. And I'm like, <laughs> what? am I washing my hands weirdly right now? Like, what if I'm like, see her in the reflection mirror? I don't want her to think I'm weird. You know, so it's, um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's fun. It's really casual, actually. Okay, what was your outfit? Um, we're just going to spend the whole podcast. No, no. <laughs> so I was yeah, wearing. We're going to see a picture of that, too, I hope. Yeah. I was wearing this um, black leather mini dress oh. from Louis Vuitton. That one was. Spring, summer 20, 2017, I want to say. Um, so I was 13 when it walked the runway, which is kind of crazy to think about. But what, um, what was, yes, yeah, oh. so that oh, it's there. Boom. What was really awesome this year is that it was a sustainability concept. So we were all wearing looks that had been seen or had been walked before. So we're not oh. making new things. Got it. Um, and we're styling them in different ways and showing our creativity that way and kind of finding the freedom in fashion, which I thought was really fun and um, really expressive and really personal. I don't know about y'all, but I was not doing Met Gala at 18 years old. <laughs> I was like in a mullet, sort of God, full mullet. I had to wear these big earrings. <laughs> Because everyone thought I was a boy. And I was like, yo, no, hey, I'm a girl. <laughs> F full earrings, eating Cheetos on the couch. So that's a different 18-year-old experience. That's style, though. You yeah, have your own style. You have your own vibe. Like, hey, I everyone's do. got it. I do. Okay, second most important question. <laughs> Let's talk Stanford real quick. Okay. Just real quick off the yes. top. What made you want to go to Stanford? 
So, a couple things. One, um, I was born in San Francisco, and I always joke that San Francisco is like fake California, because you think of California, and you're like, oh my god, it's so warm and sunny and beaches, but like, it's foggy year-round, the temperature is the same, <laughs> and um, Stanford and Palo Alto, it's got like the warm weather, it's got a beautiful campus, um, my mom went to business school there, so I think that... Yeah, mom! She's yeah. in the house today, too. <laughs> Yan, where are you? Oh, no. The, the spotlight Come on, moment. Yan. She She's didn't want to get really seen. nervous. I'm like, Yan, you're going to be seen. <laughs> yes, oh, there, there she is. Yes, Yan. <laughs> Ma we, get, we always have to recognize moms. Of course. She's having right? her little mom moment with like her phone. She's like, you're doing great, sweetie. Um, <laughs> In the green room, she's like, honey, fix it. <laughs> like, oh my God, I'm having a mom moment. But yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. And just the community aspect, you know, to be surrounded by, by really amazing people and future world leaders and pioneers in yeah. their own field, movers and shakers. Movers and shakers, exactly. smartest in the world right there at that fine institution. Exhibit A right here. I mean... <laughs> Uh, you literally just got back to the United States. Yes. You stayed in China after. Um, and I, I post-Olympics, I don't know if you went through this, uh, but I used to get the Olympic blues, they call them. You know, it's like you have all this energy and everything in your focus is towards this event. And then afterwards, it was like this, this the Olympic blues, this like post-Olympic depression. Did you get that or were you like, oh, hell yes, I am just so glad that's done because that was a lot of pressure? That is, oh, sorry. That is such an amazing question because I feel like only people who are really in the industry or like really have that experience can understand it. And you're so right. I mean, um, I was prepared for it because I'd heard about it before and mm -hmm. um, I'm really into psychology. So like reading books on, you know, how the brain works and adrenaline, right? And like the way that our cortisol levels crash and that makes us prone to sick sickness and things like that. But it was so different than what I expected. Um, I think that it was more a opportunity, one, to learn more about myself and see who I wanted to be and what I was after skiing in that one moment and who I wanted to be and what I wanted to create. And so it had this newfound purpose for me to find a new direction and like a, a new purpose kind of. And so in that sense, I've always said that when you're skiing, it's the most personal form of expression. You, I'm doing it for myself. I do it because I love it. I'm breaking my own boundaries. I'm learning about resilience. I'm um, forming friendships and, and all of that amazing, all of those amazing things that come with skiing. But after the contest is when you actually do something with it. So you can win all the gold medals in the world, but when you just get home and put them on a table, you know, they just gather dust. But what if you take that platform that you get from sports and you do something with it. Mm. You, you talk to the young girls, you go meet them, you do charity events with them, you um, make moves on social media, and things that you can do to play your part in the next generation, which sounds crazy for me to say, because I'm 18. But what I mean by that really is representation is so important, so important, especially in extreme sports, right? Mm. When you think of like extreme sports, a lot of times it's, um, a guy, or an, um, oh, a little bit older than me, or um, a different race than me, whatever. And so mm -hmm. being able to be a young girl sitting at home watching TV mm -hmm. and seeing someone on TV that looks like you or talks like you um, or has similar experiences to you, it really changes what you think 
um, is possible for yourself. Mm. And so I think that that is so meaningful. Yeah. And there's something so deeply rewarding and, um, yeah, and, and just giving, in giving back. And so I think that that's kind of what I've learned from the, from the post-Olympic depression. <laughs> but um, another part of it is actually rediscovering your love for the sport. Because I think yeah. in, like, the final months leading up to the, to the contest, everyone's like, oh, my God, Olympics, competing. It's so intense. But then afterwards, you're like, okay, the contest is over, but the sport is still here. Yeah. And it's still mine, and it's still a piece of me, and it's still a way for me to to express myself and to be me and to have fun, honestly, yeah. right? Sports are supposed to be fun. And so um, I'm really excited to get back on snow in, in a week or two. Oh, we are going to talk about Can't that wait. for sure. Let's go back to that representation because on that note, your dual heritage, both Chinese and American, grew up, born and raised, as you said, in San Francisco, California. Uh, but you would spend the summers in Beijing, where your mom is from and grew up. Um, and so you're fluent in Mandarin, fluent in Eng English, know both cultures well. Take me back to 15-year-old you, which is crazy, is only three years ago. 15-year-old you, and that moment where you said, I'm going to represent China for this Olympics, and how that all played out. Sure, yeah. So... Um, like you said, I'm fluent in Mandarin. I grew up in, in China for the summers. My mom was born in Beijing. And so for me, I think that sport has undeniably changed my life, right? It has built character. It has built resilience. It has allowed me to be physically and mentally healthier. And it really has given my life so much passion and purpose. And so I think that in China especially, a lot of people had never even heard of free skiing, especially at that point before the Olympics. Mm -hmm. And um, there were so many amazing female role models in the US that I grew up watching. And I was like, yeah, when I grow up, I want to be just like them. And then I was competing with them. And it was crazy. It was such a surreal moment to just look next to me at the start gate and be like, wow, you know, I grew up with you on TV. Would it be like inconsiderate if I like snuck a selfie right now? <laughs> but um, yeah, and so I think that there wasn't someone like that in China. Mm -hmm. And especially with the Olympics being in China, there was a lot of viewership going into it. And China had set the goal of getting 300 million people on snow before the Olympics, which, I mean, that's a massive number. That's like the entire United States. Like, that is incredibly, uh, incredibly lofty goal. And so I was just thinking, you know, I want those people to be in free skiing. I want those people to be able to have those benefits that it's brought me. And I want them to hear about it for the first time from a young biracial girl. Hmm. And I think that that is so meaningful because the first time you hear about something, it can make or break it. And if it's from someone that you're, you find relatable or that mm. you find um, represents you, then you're more likely to be like, okay, if she can do it, then I can do it. And if she can break her own boundaries and if she can make herself better and better and if she can have fun and smile the whole time while doing it, then I can too. And in that way, if... I've always said if I can just inspire one young girl to start skiing and to kind of change her relationship with sport in that way, then it is so worth it. And so now reading those messages online or meeting kids at events and mm -hmm. things like that, it, every day it just reinforces that belief that my decision was worth it. And um, yeah, and, and I'm really, really, really happy with the way, how far we've come. It's been, it's I think 346 million people um, mm. on snow now in China, which is absolutely insane. So they surpassed their goal, 346 million people? Correct. 
Yeah. Could you have ever anticipated that your decision would become so highly debated, contentious, and become part of almost a media circus? Well, I don't think that I expected really that, but I also know that everybody has their own opinion, right? And I think sometimes when people don't know a backstory or if they don't um, understand where I'm coming from, or a lot of the time people just choose not to listen, I can say a hundred times, I'm doing this because I want to inspire more young girls in sport. I'm doing this because I want to introduce kids to free skiing, and um, I'm doing this to represent my and my mother's Chinese heritage. And if people don't believe that, and if they want to be like, she's doing it for X, Y, Z, like, I, like, I can't do anything about that if they're just imposing their own thoughts, right? And so my response to that, and what I've really learned from that, is that I'm trying my best to make the world a better place in my own way. So right now, that's through sport. Right now, what I can do at the immediate moment is to introduce more young girls to free skiing and to hopefully make their lives and to make sport culture better in that sense. If people don't like that, and if there are people who don't agree with me, like that's totally fine, right? That's the beauty of being able to have that discussion. But they can feel free to make the world better in their own way. Like, if you don't like this way, awesome. Like, you guys can go do something <laughs> you, else. You, you, you. You do you. And we can approach it from different situations, and the world benefits because of it. Yeah. So, um, I, I did watch that first press conference over there. And I was like, wow, like, it just kept coming and coming, right? And then at one point you said, hey, look, I'm just an 18-year-old trying to live my best me, right? Like, live my best <laughs> I life. I did say that, yeah. And, and I think, yeah, but also, you're, you're, one, you're 18, and two, you're in the middle of one misstep, one misstatement with two countries that are having geopolitical tensions on top of it. I, that had to have been hard. To, for you in that situation with all the pressure on it. Yeah, I mean, it was. Like you said, I'm 18, right? Like, I haven't even started college yet. I, like, I'm fresh out of high school. And people are, like, trying to make me this, like, geopolitical figure. Like, I, I don't have the power to, like, change two countries, everything. You kind of do, I I'm mean. just trying to... Don't <laughs> undersell yourself, sister. What I mean by that, I think, is I'm just trying to do what I can, and a lot of things are out of my control, and I think instead of stressing about that, I just want to focus on, on my own message and on my own positivity and um, making myself better and making the world better in my own way. Mm. And that's kind of all I can do. Right on, sister. Right on. Um... This had to be one of the highs at the Olympics because I go to that first event mm -hmm. for you, which mm -hmm. was the free ski big air. Um, and you've even said this wasn't your... It was not the strong suit. Yeah, strongest yeah. event, no. right, of your three disciplines. And so can you take us to that moment where you're about to go on your third jump? Sure. And all that is entails, and Let's maybe this phone call as well. Take us Let's to that. All right, the scene is set. Scene set for me, please. The curtain's open. Okay, so I had agreed with my mom the night before that I was not going to do this trick called the 1620. And this double cork 1620 pretty much means your hips go over your head two times, so double, and then you're spinning 1620 degrees in rotation. So one spin is 360. So this is four and a half 
this. I'm dizzy already. Um, <laughs> exactly. So that's kind of the trick. And what I was, the way I was doing it was, it was if you think about writing, right? You write with your right hand or your left hand. You have a natural direction of spinning. So for me, this trick would have been my unnatural direction. So it's like the equivalent of writing with your left hand. So I had agreed with her that no matter what, I wasn't going to try this trick. I'd never done it on airbag. <laughs> I had never done it on a trampoline. Normally, you do like an airbag or like a trampoline, you know, like the, the previous steps, the prerequisites. But I hadn't done any of those. I hadn't even tried it on any of those, let alone land it. Yeah. So um, I agreed with her it was too dangerous because, like you said, it was the first event of three. And um, I thought it was too dangerous. It was putting the other ones in jeopardy, blah, blah, blah. So we, we decided that wasn't going to happen. And then I landed my second run, and I was in third place. And I called my mom. And this I is said, on top of the hill, by the way. Yes, Before exactly. you're going Before into, my you're in third place. This is your last final jump. My Everything comes down to this. So I'm guaranteed a medal, um, but I don't know what color. And we're dropping in reverse <coughs> order. So it goes me and then the two girls who are in second and first at that point. So I don't know what they're going to do either. So I call my mom, and I'm like, OK. Mom, I'm going to do the 16. And she said, why? We said we weren't going to do it. And I said, my whole life, pretty much, ever since I was 11 or 12, I gave my first speech on women in sports when I was 12. I've seen it. Yes. It's so good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I was like, yeah, this is Eileen. And it was on Title IX. Title IX is important. Yes. Exactly. Um, but, but yeah, so I said, my whole life, I've been talking about women in sports. I've been talking about representation. I've been talking about um, how important it is to break your own boundaries and to show the world what is possible. Only that way can we be pioneers, and only that way can we make the world better one step at a time. And so I told my mom, I said, I've been saying this my whole life, and now is the biggest moment. There are so many people worldwide who are watching, and I want to show them that the only failure is being afraid to try. Mm. And so even if I didn't land it, I knew I'm the first person in the world to have landed this trick. But um, I knew that people would say, oh my god, you know, she tried this insane trick. Like, what was she thinking? You know, that's, that was crazy, blah, blah, blah. And so that's closing the gap between women and men skiing. It's um, representing young women on the world stage. And it's representing the sport. And so I kind of said to my mom, you know, I've said this my whole life. And now is my time to live up to those standards that I've been mm. setting. And she said, why are you thinking that right now? <laughs> <laughs> like, that all sounds great, honey, but not She's now. She's like, why are we getting philosophical <laughs> on, like, you're about to, like, risk your life. Like, girl, what are you doing? I was wondering, how dangerous would it be to do that? Incredibly. This ski yeah. jump is ginormous. It's ginormous. 20 yeah, like stories you high. Yeah. You, like, launch off of it like a friggin' rocket ship. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I think it's, like, That's 60. what I'm thinking as a mom. You're in the air for, like, around 70, 80 feet, really, to this, where from you take off to the landing in terms of horizontal distance. Yeah. And then if you take into account the parabola, which we're not going to get into, but you know, like, you know, it's, it's a further distance. And so my point being, she was like, okay, you're in this incredibly dangerous situation. Your life is yeah. quite literally on the line. Yeah. Um, why are we getting philosophical? And I said, no, I think that this isn't really about me anymore. It's about something much bigger than the self. And she was like, okay, if you say so. So I said, mom, I'm, I'm not asking you, I'm telling you. 
Oh, and yes! How did you take that, Jen? <laughs> and I'm really close with my mom. You know, we, we always have a lot of really great discussion, and, and I lean on her a lot. Um, so I n almost never say things like that, mm. but I think she has that respect and that trust in me to be able to believe in my decision. And so she said, okay, be safe. And so uh, that's, oh that's, that was the story. Gosh. That's how I did it. Wait, let's unpack all of this a little bit more. Do you always call your mom before a jump? Yeah, most of the time. Oh, really? You yeah. can just do that? Yeah. And have well, a conversation? Because I have headphones in. So uh -huh. I can just be like, hey, call, like, hey Siri, call mom. <laughs> and then it calls Kay. mom. It's perfect. I never it, got to do it's that cold, from right? like, you know. Like it's cold. I don't want to take my hands out. So it's. Oh, figured out a great system. Fans. And then also, it, it'll like read the texts in your ear. So sometimes I'm like in the air <laughs> and I'll be like, from mom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the lodge having beef chili. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want cheese on yours? <laughs> and I'm like upside down. <laughs> hey Siri, text mom. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, and on top, on top of the fact that you, you need this jump to win the gold, the thing that, that really gets me, like the pressure of that moment, I love these moments where you look at what an athlete does in these moments because most athletes and Olympians, they, they need to win quite a few gold medals before they have all these endorsements. You came into this Olympics with 25 plus uh, corporate sponsors, right? Like so many endorsements, you're a model, you have all these brands. So you have all of that pressure on top of it, the host country wanting to win. You're 18 years old, let's say it again. All of this, maybe it's, it, that's it. It's like youthful ignorance. It's like, F I don't, it. I don't think ignorance Thanks. is a word that applies <laughs> yeah, I mean here. Youthful bliss, let's there go. There we go. How do you get to that mindset in that moment? Well, it was actually pretty crazy because, the, because of COVID, crowds were very limited. And so actually all the spectators had to like go through quarantine to be safely in the bubble. Um, and so it was all local crowds is what I'm getting to. And so they had like photos of me in the crowd. They had my name in these big letters. And because the arena for Big Air is the smallest, I could hear the announcer. And so when I was standing at the top, the announcer was like, and here's Eileen Gu, her last try. All the pressure's on her. This is the only <laughs> opportunity for her to step like, up her ranking. Thanks. She's the local favorite. The whole country <laughs> is watching her. The whole world is watching her. Like, she's like coming into this. What will she do? And so it's just, it just kept going and going. And I was like, oh my God. Like, hey Siri, turn my music up. You know, so, um, yeah. But, and then I could hear the crowd. It was deafening. It was definitely, and, mm -hmm. and so what I mean to say there is there was absolutely pressure and there were absolutely expectations and I knew that in incredibly well. But that is exactly why I chose to do what I did. I was talking to my mom after I said it. I think that if I didn't have that level of, of viewership, I don't think that I would have taken that immense risk. It was actually because I knew that that moment could have the possibility of making a profound impact beyond you know, the color of a medal. That was actually like the last thing on my mind. Hmm. It really was um, a moment that I thought could define my character. It could define um, people's recognition of women's sports or of free skiing. And so I thought that, yeah, because I have this amazing platform and this amazing opportunity given to me by the Olympics, um, that I, I better use it. 
you know, and, and that kind of was my thought process. Okay, so you're going down. I'm going down. Okay. Yeah. Keep going. Okay. You take There's off. wind in our ears. Yes. Right? There's wind. Mom's text is running <laughs> through your mind. I'm like on airplane mode. <laughs> um, I'm, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, when I'm in the zone, it's, I'm sure you know, it's like this incredible flow state. And what I mean to say by that is it's this rare and beautiful, complete focus where your entire mind and your entire body is dedicated to this one goal. And so for me, when I'm in the air, I actually hear the wind in my ears as kind of like a rhythm. And so if you imagine like flipping and spinning, when you spin one rotation, you can hear that in your ears. And when you flip in a, in a way, you can hear it. And so if you're spinning faster or slower in the air, in the beginning, you start really fast, and then maybe you slow down a little and you have to wrap the spin again. So it, you speed up and slow down. And so I'm like playing that over and over in my head. I visualize a lot at the top. Mm. And then dropping in, I just hear that on repeat, almost like a soundtrack. And then I'm in the air, I hear it, I feel it. I land, I'm like, I land, I'm still in this flow state. So I'm like, okay, spot the landing, land. Land? <laughs> like, oh my I God, like, land, right? It took me like a second to realize that. And so I ski down and then I'm just screaming. It's, it's hysterical. But um, yeah, I think, I'm, I think I'm crying, I think I'm screaming. Because to me at that point, the score hadn't even come out yet. But to me, it was, it was about doing something that I never thought was possible, really to come down to that last moment of pressure Ugh. and to break my human limit. Like I literally had never attempted anything even close to that. It was 540 degrees above my previous rotation. Right. So normally when you learn a new trick, you increase by 180. Like if you're landing forwards, you oh spin a little God. more and land switch Ugh. or backwards. But this one, I went from my biggest spin in that direction, a 1080, and I added one and a half full rotations to that spin. So like I'm fully, you know, breaking past what I thought was physically possible. Oh, yeah. let's give it up for that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that, that takes a lot of damn courage in that moment to make that decision and poise. How are you so poised in so many areas and how did I miss that class as a kid? Because <laughs> I mean, I see you do speeches, and I mean, you, you're very poised for 18. Thank you. I appreciate that. Where does that come from? Mom? Mom, take credit. <laughs> Dad, take credit. My mom is great. Um, she's, <laughs> like, I, I don't know. She's incredibly level-headed, so I think that it def part of that definitely comes from her. My grandma is very confident. She's probably the most confident person I know. She's actually um, never been wrong in her entire life. So <laughs> <laughs> she <laughs> of course. She's got it all figured out. But um, yeah, I think coming from a, a strong family of empowered women and being able to <clears throat> have those amazing role models early on has been super important in my formative years. And now I think actually having the freedom to choose what I love to do. Mm. So my mom and I have this really amazing and unique relationship where she respects my choices. She lets me have that freedom to explore and the freedom to fail. And I think that that's something that's really beautiful. And what that has actually caused is allowed me to foster my own joy in a path of my own choosing. Mm. And so when that spark ignites, it's all she can do to like stop me from just going and going and going because I love this thing so much and I have these, oh, these goals that are my goals. And all she does is help me and support me 
in order to get there. But I think what the biggest gift that she's given me is this like genuine passion and allowed me to find that genuine passion. Hmm. Yeah. So spinning forward. <laughs> We're back to the movie. <laughs> yeah, spinning forward, yes. you're going to continue to ski. I know you're going to Stanford, okay, but you're going to yes. continue to ski, right? I think so. Right? Yeah. I mean, okay. it's a... Okay, four years I is know. a long time for me. I know. Can, can I just selfishly, as a Team USA athlete, say that there's still hope that maybe you'd put the red, white, and blue on? Or is that not it? I don't even know what I'm doing next week. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it, I knew it. <laughs> but you're still going to ski. You're still going to compete, you think? I think so. I'm going to go to school this fall. I'm going to see what the schedules are like. Um, I want to be a full-time student again. Um, I've actually been a full-time student my entire life. And I became a pro athlete like a year and a half ago um, because I, so I, gradu I graduated high school early in, I was the first person in my high school's history to graduate early. And then I did that in order to have more time to train for the Olympics. And then I took a gap year on top of that. So that was the year and a half or I guess two years now that I've been a pro athlete. Mm -hmm. But before that I was weekend warrior. Like I would, I would ski on the weekends. My mom would be driving there and back. So Just the weekends? The, yes. And then I would go to school Monday through Friday. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm going to go back to that right now. I'm going to do Monday through Friday school, um, go skiing on the weekends and then see if I can do like one <laughs> or two contests. Ski on the weekend. <laughs> weekend warrior Eileen Gill. <laughs> I'm going back. We're going to make it. We're going to make a show out of that. <laughs> That's representing fantastic. all the weekend warriors here. <laughs> all the core skiers are like, what is she doing right now? <laughs> Wait, she just comes here on the weekend and she's kind of good. <laughs> <laughs> I just like feel like I confess to like a sin. Like, guys, you don't know this about me, but uh, actually weekend warrior. <laughs> like, um, I know that you're pretty good at competing and I know, as we've just heard, you're really good under pressure, but let's see if we can put the two together for the big Lynn game. Eileen, you know this is my only competitive outlet now in life and so I apologize because I get a little fired up. All right. Oh, Eileen. oh. Yep, stretch She's it out, Jules. Mm. Oh! <laughs> That's actually really impressive flexibility. <laughs> I think I pulled my hamstring with that one. Eileen, you are about to go head-to-head -head with Julie in a trivia game. Good luck. Oh, God. There will be five questions, best of five wins, all multiple choice. Most impor important part of the game is which squeaky toy you will choose to squeak in with your answer. So we have options. Okay. We have the... Very important choice. I know. Robin Roberts boar. Okay. We have the Billie Jean King elephant or the OG blue dog. <laughs> Ooh. Guys, the pressure. I don't know if I can handle this pressure. This is like, all right. I think Good I'm gonna go for the, the, the Billie Jean King. Uh, oh, I knew it! You were going with Kinger. Yes. All this right. is, this I'm is going with Robin Roberts, baby. Okay. okay. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yours just got some like timbre. Like there's <laughs> some, like deep timbre to it. Excuse me. <laughs> okay. Every game has a theme. This theme is. Stanford superstars. Oh, boom. oh my God! I, I never done know the theme, by the way. I never oh. know the theme. I haven't studied for this test. My like inner nerd is freaking out right now. I'm starting to sweat. <laughs> all of the questions are about Stanford athletes, and all of these athletes have appeared on Laughter Permitted. In case you'd like to go and listen to their episode. Oh wow! Oh. It, at any point, if you know the answer, you can squeak in at any point. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Question one. Swimmer Katie Ledecky made an appearance in the famed Stanford marching band. Oh, she did? 
<laughs> and you can too. She's... You can oh too. Uh, what instrument did she play? Ooh. Was it A, the French horn, B, the alto sax, or C, the xylophone? <laughs> All right, you, you, you got it. You, you oh, go see, it. I learned this lesson. I get it wrong, and then it's 50-50 on the next one. Don't I'm going uh, alto sax. Correct. Oh, yes! <laughs> wow. Damn! Yes! <laughs> okay. All right. I told you. Sorry. I got All right. Me. Question oh, two. What was basketball player Neka Agumake's major at Stanford? Oh, oh my God. God. Was it A, psychology, B, Greek literature, Ooh. or C, biomed engineering? Eileen. I have no idea. I just wanted to squeak it first. <laughs> yep. Love it. Good strategy. Uh, um, I'm going to go. You got this. Psychology? Yes. Oh, look at Lynn was so Let's excited. Go. She always gets I want so to study psychology. Yes, get it's it so right. Interesting. Yeah, I do. That's good. Well done. Question three. According good show of sportsmanship here. <laughs> according to her Stanford bio, how tall is swimmer Simone Manuel? Is it A, 5'9", B, 5'11", or C, 6'1"? 5'11". Correct. Oh! I had no idea. I just oh, thought if I said it with... the pressure! I just thought if I said it with confidence, this then they would make it correct. Really good. That was really confident. What, question four, what is softball player Jessica Mendoza's middle name? Oh. Is it A, Jasmine, oh. B, Lucille, or C, Ophelia? <laughs> Robin! Julie? Wait, give me the choices again, please. <laughs> I just wanted to get in! Oh my god. What is this is legal? It? Jasmine? Jasmine? Jessica Jasmine? No. Lucille or Ophelia? Oh, Ophelia. <laughs> Lucille? Incorrect. <gasps> Jasmine, Jasmine or Ophelia? Jasmine. Incorrect. <gasps> oh question my five. We're alive! Okay, oh, last one, Ophelia. last one. How many NCAA titles did water polo player Maggie Steffens win in her college career? Okay. Was it A, two, B, three, or C, five? Oh, I think it was a tie. I think it was, that was a definitely Give it to a the tie. guest. Ties go to the guest. Wow, this is very civil. I was expecting more of a... <laughs> Some more fight from this. I okay. know. She's I actually have... being strategic. It is actually. I know. So, oh yeah. So I, is I it two, right. three, or five? I'm gonna go three. Yes. Oh! <laughs> when in doubt, pick C. <laughs> I was gonna say two, anyways. <laughs> yes. Well done. Thank okay. You, thank you. Shoot. <sighs> Most pressing questions. Are you ready? Lynn, you're who, first. Who is more competitive, you or your grandmother? <sighs> this is so difficult. I'm going to say my grandma. I'm going to say my grandma because, wait, that wasn't a trivia question, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we're moving on. That we're is moving on. Correct. <laughs> um, okay, so, wait, okay, wait, so did I win? 
Yes! Oh my yeah. god! Yeah. Eileen, yeah. You, you are the winner! Thank you! Thank you! Thank you! And you get a donut! Oh my and god! You get a donut! Okay! You now you want it! Thank you so much! Okay, wow. I'm just. I'm gonna go for the chocolate one. Oh, you're going chocolate cream. That's a bold move. I know. I I'm like feeling it. feisty today. Okay, wait. I'm going to put this here because Kay. you're going to want to hear the story about my grandma. All right. I want to hear. I'm going to eat. I say this yeah. because in skiing, I am incredibly competitive. No question. But outside of it, I'm like very normal, right? My grandma, on the other hand, everything is a competition. Like everything. When I was little and I was like sleepover at her house, um, she'd be like, all right, com competition. Let's see who can fall asleep first. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this was like a goal for her to like smart. calm down like a rowdy little kid, but it worked, right? Because then I'm like, ooh, like I'm gonna beat you, like I'll show you, and then I'm like laying there. Um, so there's that. Um, so yeah, my grandma is incredibly competitive, and yeah, maybe that's where I get my my drive to win. But mm. she's. Grams is here with you too, not here here, but she's in New York City with you, which she is, is fun. Exactly. All right, you're known as the Snow Princess. I saw. Do you have any other nicknames? Because we have some for you if you want. If you you want. do? Okay. Yeah. I, I'll go first. And then mm -hmm. you can, like, crown me. With, like, what is it called when you, like, get knighted? Mm. Like a, you know what I mean? Knighted. Like, yeah. I feel like you yeah. have, like, a ceremony of, like, mm -hmm. giving you a new name. Anyways. Um, so my nickname with my mom is, it's in Chinese, it's rolled hole, which means meathead. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I've, I've always had this nickname. Wait, say that again. The nickname? Yeah. Ro Rotol. 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 Yeah, mm -hmm. Rotol. Mm -hmm. And so I've always had this nickname, right? And so I didn't really question it until I think I was maybe 12 or 13. And it was actually kind of a joke because my friends would call me like twig or stick because I was mm -hmm. really thin. Um, and so I was like, why, why am I called meathead? Like, <laughs> I just like, I'm so confused. The, the dichotomy here is just so interesting. We can like dive into this, you yeah. know, like why? No princess, meathead. Meathead, yeah. So um, my mom was like, oh, it's because when you were little, you were really fat because your <laughs> grandma, <clears throat> and when I would say we're with my grandma, she'd be like, oh, last bite, I promise. Like, oh wait, no, this one's really good. You have to have a bite of this. Here, have a bite of this. You're too skinny, have another bite. And so she would like sit me on the couch and I was just like this ball, like I was like a horizontal thing and so she was like oh my god look Aww. at her head she's so round she's meathead and so that's where that comes from um, and then now the joke actually is as my revenge I call all of them Roto as well so we all just call each other Roto and so I'll be like hey Roto and she's like what Roto so it's a it's a very odd yeah. dynamic but yes so that's one I thought Guminator Guminator okay that one goes not feeling it? I, I mean, it goes, okay. it's a little long. I don't know, like, okay. syllabically, like, how we can, how we can work with that. You know what I mean? All right, mine is Julia Gulia. No? Is it going to stick? Come on, have you seen Wedding Singer? No. Oh, Eileen, you haven't lived. Come on. All right. Last segment we do on the pod is something called High Low Cheer. Okay. So something I do typically around the dinner table with my kids, they're high of the day, they're low of the day, someone that they cheer for to show gratitude for someone else. You oh, can I love that. I, I love that. Um, but for you, we're going to do the high, low cheer of your career. So high of your, okay. of your career, low of your career, and the cheer is for someone who's helped you along the way. Okay. The high of my career, 
honestly, I think is now. And I, I say this because a lot of people expect me to say it was my gold medal, my first gold medal, my second gold medal, whatever. Um, but I think, honestly, like I said before, it's, I had those experiences and I will treasure them forever. Obviously, it's the happiest moment of my life was when I landed that 1620. But I think in terms of my career, what I want to be remembered for is not just doing a really cool flip that one time. I want to be remembered for having a legacy hmm. and I want to I want to do something and I want one young girl somewhere to say because of Eileen my life changed or because of Eileen my relationship with sport changed my relationship with beauty changed my relationship with whatever if I can have that one impact that is what I'm doing this for and so I think in that sense the high of my career is now because I'm getting all these amazing opportunities like coming on this podcast with two incredibly accomplished and empowered women to be able to talk about something like this and I think that mm -hmm. that is the most meaningful thing to me so the high of my career is that the low of my career I'm gonna be honest it's it's the hate mail yeah, yeah. it's hard I mean yeah it's it's easy to just be like yeah just don't care but God, like I'm 18. There are thousands of people online literally bullying me. Yeah. You know, it's insane. And people just, a lot of people, maybe they don't know what they're talking about or whatever, but just reading stuff, even if you have 100 positive comments and you have 10 negative comments, right? If you're walking down the street and someone's like, I like your outfit, you're like, cool, nice. You feel good for a couple of minutes. But if you walk down the street and someone's like, God, what are you wearing? Like, you look horrible. Right. You remember that. You yeah. remember that. You're like, God, I'm never going to wear this outfit again. And so that really can stick with you. And so for me, I have the privilege of being surrounded by really positive and supportive people like my family and my friends and to kind of support me through that. But yeah, it's, it is difficult. Do you try and just put blinders on or do you, I mean, everyone has their own different approach. Like some people want to shoot back at them, and, which I think expends a lot of energy. It does expend a lot of energy. And then it just riles them up even more. But how do you get yourself to a place where you can move forward without it being a detractor? I'm so tempted to just like I know. keyboard warrior right back. Yeah. But I, I can't, first of all, because I just do not have the time to go through yeah. like thousands and thousands of messages and just individually hate back at them. But then <laughs> secondly, it's like, why? You know, if my message is to spread positivity, to right. live my own life and to make my positive impact, responding to them doesn't serve me unless I feel like I can change something right. about the situation. Yeah. And most of the time I can't. And so it's more just like finding a way to be at peace with that which I'm still learning and I'm still working yeah. on. Um, and it's not easy, but yeah, I try to surround myself with positivity yeah. and just, you know, be me and they can be them. And then your cheer is the last thing. My cheer, I have to say my mom. It's serious. Yeah, yeah. mom. It, it definitely is my mom. Yeah, because Aww. I'll tell you kisses. why. Um, growing up, I have always been, a lot of the time I'm the youngest in the room or the youngest at the competition. And so what that means is a lot of the time, I was the only one with a parent traveling with me. And in the beginning, I was like, mom, stop, that's not cool. The other kids on the team are gonna think I'm lame because my mom's traveling with me. But then I was like, okay, wait, hold on. I'm sleeping like 80% more <laughs> than these kids. I'm eating these amazing home-cooked meals. I'm, you know, have this awesome supporter who I can call in between runs or who actually puts in so much time and effort to not only understand what I'm doing, but also to support me on every level. Sometimes, 
it's easy to say, okay, this is how my psychology works. This is what I think when I'm competing. But your emotions do get in the way sometimes. Mm -hmm. And if you don't land a run, it's easy to be like, get in your own head. And so my mom, because she spent so much time with me, she knows what I would say to myself. And it's almost like having a second me mm -hmm. to be able to tell me really what I need to hear um, on a emotional, on a mental, on a physical level. And so for that, I'm super grateful. And then the other thing is just like, She's my mom, you know? She's, she's the best mom. Everyone's mom is, their best, is the best yeah. mom to them. And so, to me, she has just gone above and beyond in every way from driving four hours each direction uh -huh. every weekend just so I can go skiing when I was little, um, all the way to coming to all of my contests and listening to me when I'm telling her the breakdown of all of my workouts and knowing every trick by name. She's by far the most, like, she, as parents, she knows all the tricks. She can call every trick. And that's not easy. You know, a lot of parents are like, wow, that was a cool, like, flip. And my mom's like, oh, you mean the double cork 1440 that she just <laughs> did? The long-held safety grab? Like, you know. <laughs> She's like, yeah, that landing was so steezy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, mom. She's got the lingo down. She's got it down. That's so, what sets yeah, you apart. Cheer my mom, for sure. Yay. Yay for moms. I do wish... I do wish we had like a little crystal ball that we could see into your future because if the next three years is anything like the last three, the way you've been crushing it, then we're going to take credit for you running the world and say it happened, <laughs> happened here on this podcast. Aww. We set the stage for it. Uh, congratulations on 18 years old on a fantastic career so far and so much to look forward to going forward. Big round of applause, please, for Eileen Go. Eighteen years old. I just want to say that again <laughs> because, oh my gosh, she is so poised. Mm -hmm. Ah, she was using words that I was like, "Wait, what did that mean?" I'm not even gonna ask because I'm supposed to know what that means. <laughs> Takeaways, Lynn. Eileen's story of landing a trick, and I appreciate that you unpacked that as you said you were interested in doing landing a trick she never even tried reminded me of the saying leap and the net will appear and that reminded me of jessica mendoza way back in season one she talked about that same concept of going for it not knowing what the outcome will be but that it will work out yeah yeah i and going back to high school, my high school years, I had a phrase, you never know unless you go, is what I used to say all the time. That's great. You never know unless you go. I used to, <laughs> that was always my refrain to all my friends when they were like, no, we can't do that. I'd be like, you never know unless you go. Uh, even better, as I was thinking of Eileen, unless you let go. So hard in the moment as so many of us live through to summon the courage to not talk yourself out of it to literally let go and trust in you and i hope this story that eileen shared reminds everyone that if eileen can do it with all the pressure of the world literally on her then you too can let go and show yourself what's possible and i think you'll find that you will surprise yourself i like that jules Good questions one. permitted lynn all right. At Beth Lila from Insta wonders. Beth Lila. Beth underscore Lila. 
If you were playing today, what professional team would you want to play on? Oh, come on. That's not even fair. Is that low-hanging fruit at this point? Yeah. I mean, come on. (laughs) I don't have to say it because, you know, I own the whole team. Or maybe, you know, 0.001% of it. But Angel City, of course. Maybe they can send you sign you to a nice 10-day contract, get you in there. Do they have those in NWSL? <laughs> one hour contract? One game contract? They would, yeah, there would need to be paramedics on the sideline. I think you could Stretcher. hang. Oh, no, I could not even hang for 0.2 seconds. It's so bad. Those women are strong and fast and fierce. I'm seeing them up close. I'm like, wow, they're tall and big. It's amazing what they do. So, thank you for that, Len. That's very nice of you. But, uh, yeah, Angel City. I mean, I love so much about it. So that, And that's, yeah, that's where everyone should want to play. So come on. Come play for us. Lynn, where would you want to play? Uh, Seattle Storm, this season in particular. But going back mm-hmm. to the Angel City and your self-doubt a little bit, you never know unless you go. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> You've got the founders on speed dial. I do feel like my 18-year-old self sometimes. You know, I have discovered that that refrain at 51 on a mountain bike isn't always the best thing to say to yourself. (laughs) That refrain while you're snowboarding a little half pipe from the canyon isn't such a great refrain to know. Because I go. I still go. That's the problem. You're still standing, My husband. Yeah, as Ian, my husband, says to me, "Um, Honey, just a friendly reminder. You are not 21 anymore. I'm like, yeah, good point, good point. Jules, I need to circle uh, back to one thing. I um, I feel like as the creator host of the Lynn game that I have become so biased toward the guest and I really let that through on this particular game. So my, mm-hmm. I'm dedicated from now on to be way less biased toward the guest i feel like it's only fair to you right now that we have one episode left in the season (laughs) and i've been crushed eight out of nine times (laughs) you're now coming to this lynn it's not to say i won't inside root for the guest but i was i think i was a little over enthusiastic with wanting (laughs) eileen to win and i i I apologize i need to i need to be way more even I accept that. She's a teenager. I was kind of nice. I would have been much more brutal if she was, say, 20, not a teenager. But This is just some self-awareness yeah. at play here on, on, on my behalf. Well, thank you for that honesty. I wouldn't even mind if you just completely came to my side and didn't even care about the guests. So you don't even have to keep it somewhat fair. I'm good with that. Well, I keep the questions fair, but I was, I, I need to, I need to wrangle it in a little bit. I'm going to wrangle it in. Uh-huh. Okay. okay. All right. That is another episode of Laughter Permitted in the books. Thank you so much to our village for listening. Thank you to our sponsors as well, Ally and Dick Sporting Goods. And, of course, to Kate Diaz for our incredible theme music, which she wrote and composed. And remember, kids, as always, sing it with us. Laughter Permitted. You, like, launch off of it like a freaking rocket ship.